What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are entering my own personal multiverse of madness because Brittany Dawn had Paul and Morgan on her podcast, and they talked about Taylor Swift, Doja Cat, and the secular music industry. So I don't know exactly how much detail they went into um, regarding each of those topics, if they're going to talk about Morgan's past being in the music industry. I have no idea what's coming up, but we're going to find out together because um, when this episode got published, I saw so many people talking about it, people DMing me, asking if I was going to react to it, and I'm like, of course, I have to. It's Brittany Dawn and it's Paul and Morgan, and they are together in one podcast episode. How could I not? How could I not do a reaction to it? So that's what we're going to do today. Before we get into the podcast reaction, though, let's go ahead and do win for the week. And if you are new around here, a win for the week is where you share something good that happened to you over the past week, big or small, whatever it may be, just something that you would consider a win, something that brought you joy, that made you laugh, that made you grateful. Anything you want to share, you can leave it in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode. My win for the week is that Mr. Wives released a new album. It's called Nosebleeds, and I really like it. I have been trying to get more into music and listening to music when I feel good. If you've been around for a while, you know that uh, for a long time, I, I've just had this like perception of music that I really only listen to it when I am mentally not in a great headspace. And so I guess it's kind of fitting that that's my win for the week. And we're talking about secular music with Brittany Dawn's podcast. But for a long time, um, like I just, I listen to sad music. And so if I wasn't listening to any music at all, that meant that like mentally I was doing good. I was on track, like nothing was going on, nothing wrong was happening. But if I was having a really tough time emotionally, then that's when I would listen to music because I could relate to the sad music that I was listening to. And so I've been trying to expand my interests and expand the kinds of music that I listen to. So anyway, Mr. Wives came out with a new album. I listened to the whole thing yesterday and it's really good. I like it a lot. That is my win for the week and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. All right, it is time to start listening to this podcast, and I feel like I need to kind of get my perception of this just stated up front. That way I don't have to like retroactively address it in the reaction. I alluded to this a little bit just now with talking about my win for the week, but I do think that uh, the kind of music you listen to can have an impact on your mood. And I think that that's a valid point. I think it's a valid thing to discuss. Um, if, if we're coming at it from a Christian perspective, I am a Christian. Um, I think that you can definitely tell there's a difference in listening to secular music and Christian music because Christian music is meant to be like worship music. It's meant to talk about God. It's meant to talk about how... Uh, like a multitude of different themes, but in general, praising God, God sustaining us, God seeing us through tough times, that music is meant to make you feel better. Even if you're going through a tough time, that like that is the purpose of the music. I am thinking particularly of a song called 
um, like even when it hurts, I think and it's a like it's a really slow song. It's very emotional, and it's like even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Even when it makes no sense, like I'll sing your praise. And so, even if the theme is like I'm sad and I'm going through a tough time, the overall message is things are gonna be okay. We're gonna be good. Secular music, that's not the purpose of it. It's it's not even if it's a positive song or an uplifting song or a, or an upbeat song. It's not meant to be Christian music. That's why it's secular music. It's different. But I don't think there's anything wrong with listening to secular music or music that is not made by Christians. So Brittany, in one of her um, videos talking about listening to secular music as a Christian, she spoke about how when she doesn't listen to Christian music and she listens to non-Christian music, she feels anxiety and anger and depression and unkindness and all of these things. And um, I, I think that that can happen depending on what kind of music you're listening to, depending on the themes of the songs that you are listening to. It's not happening because you're listening to secular music per se. It's just that maybe the kind of music you're listening to or the particular songs you're listening to make you feel that way. So again, overall, I think music does have an impact on your mood. And um, I I personally, like I said in Winner for the Week, um, I used to only listen to music when I was mentally struggling, when I was going through a tough time for the longest time. That was the only time that I really like intentionally listened to a lot of music other than music on the radio or like in the car, right? So, um, you know, I, I understand and I can relate to that. And for me, it wasn't that the music was making me sad. It was that I was sad. And so I was relating with the music. And now I am expanding my taste and listening to music when I am happy and in a good mood. And so we're making progress there. But again, music can impact your mood. But that doesn't mean that secular music is something that should be avoided at all costs. And now finally, before we start the reaction, I just want us all to consider something. Brittany is 32. She is having Paul and Morgan on her podcast. And now for some reason, I picture Brittany and Paul and Morgan in completely different age categories. Like I I perceive Britney to be older than Paul and Morgan. But like I said, Britney's 32. Paul is 34. Morgan is 28. She'll be 29 in December. Is that so weird that like Morgan is closer in age to Britney than she is to her husband Paul? I don't know. I had to look that up before we started cuz I'm like they just seem like they're in different age categories, but I don't think they are, and they're not. But perception's a wild thing. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out before we got started, and now that I have, let's get into this. Read the Bible so that like you can be built up in your faith and what, uh, who God is. Mm-hmm. Stir the faith that's inside of you, and then test what you are engaging, like the, the music you're listening to, with the Word of God. You're listening to Chiseled and Called with Brittany Dawn, a podcast about finding freedom in imperfection and peace in your broken pieces through Jesus. Our prayer is that today's message will bless you, embolden you, and fix your gaze on the King 
that it will stir up the calling God has placed within you. Without further ado, here's your host, Brittany Don. We got an answer to it. Welcome to the Chiseled and Called podcast. I am your host, Brittany Dawn, and today we are diving into the unpopular but very, very necessary topic of secular music as Christians. I want to start today's episode with some scripture because I literally can't think of a better way to start this off. Philippians 4, 8, and it says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Today, I have the honor of hosting two of my good friends, Paul and Morgan Oligas, and we're just going there. I'm not going to say that all secular music... When did they become good friends? I cannot say that I've seen them really interact online, but okay, they're good friends. I will take her word for it. Is demonic, just like all Christian music is not worship, but there is a very, very heavily influenced part of the entertainment industry that is demonic, that is being led by Satan himself. Um, the story of Lucifer, which we will get into in this episode. Um, I unpack a little okay. history of what scholars have interpreted in Ezekiel 28 and the scripture and what it says. And I just don't find it circumstantial that Satan is using music to seep into the lives of those who choose to listen. Um, and it's just so. Okay, so it sounds like Brittany is going to be bringing in some elements of a video that she posted about two weeks ago. It was called Stop Listening to These Artists Bar These Songs Are Demonic in all caps. And um, in that, she shared her version of what she believes to be the story of Lucifer and him being kicked out of heaven. And basically in that, she says that scholars believe that Satan or Lucifer. The names are basically interchangeable. I'll just say Satan. Um, Satan was an angel in heaven and he was actually in charge of the choir and he was so musically gifted and talented before he decided to rebel against God and then he was kicked out of heaven. And so it makes sense to her, to her, that um, music is the way that Satan would get to people and get them to turn against God because that's what he did in heaven. Now, biblically, we've got some gray areas here. I mean, the kind of fast and quick facts of this story are that Satan existed in heaven. He was a guardian cherub. He was very close to God. And he, like, originally, Satan was perfect and blameless, but eventually his pride got to him and he did rebel against God. He wanted to elevate himself higher than God. And so um, as a punishment for that pride, Satan was eventually kicked out of heaven and banished. So that's just kind of like quick facts of the story of Satan. I know I'm kind of brushing past it pretty quickly, uh, but To be honest, it's not something that I've done a lot of digging into. I don't necessarily have a particular interest in Satan or or demons or demonic power or different stories that are told in the Bible about Satan being behind the power of certain kings. And like, for me, like, I just care about Jesus and what Jesus would teach and, and how he would tell me to live my life. And so I don't really spend a lot of time 
looking into Satan. I don't really have an opinion one way or another. I have seen literature that is meant to be in support of Satan being in charge of the choir in heaven. And I have also seen um, literature that says like, I can see why you would think that, but if we look at the original Hebrew, here's kind of what we can infer. So I don't feel very strongly either way. And again, it's not something that I've spent a lot of time ruminating on, but because it sounds like this is something that Brittany is going to bring up. I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And if this is kind of like the thesis for this podcast episode, all right, we'll take it in. We'll consider it and we'll see where it goes from there. Oh, crucial. It is urgent as Christians that we are guarding our ears. We are guarding what we are feeding our soul because ultimately we are, we have ear gates. We have eye gates. We have ear gates. And just like it's important to not watch things that tempt you, that not watch things that lead you to lustful desires or pornography or anything of that nature that could lead you into sin. It's also important to guard our ears and what we are choosing to listen to because ultimately whether you realize it or not, when you start listening to a song, you are going to start singing those lyrics over yourself and you are either either speaking life or you are speaking death. And that is in Proverbs. The power of life and death is in the tongue. I believe it's Proverbs 28. I don't have that scripture here in front of me. Go read it for yourself. Um, I don't find it coincidental that the word entertainment is used in entertainment industry. The word enter, E-N-T-E-R, is in front of tainment, meaning that something is entering your body, whether it is through your eyes or, or whether it is through your ears, but you are feeding that something that you are consuming to your soul. And when we listen to these things, when we listen, we either partner with life or we partner with death. I'm here to tell you there is no in between. There is no gray area. It is black or it is white. And you are either choosing to entertain heaven and the heavenly realm, and you are ushering in the spirit of God, or you are ushering in demons. And I'm also here to tell you that it's not just one demon you're entertaining. You're entertaining a lot, Legion. There are many of them. I'm going to start calling Brittany the high priestess of fear mongering because my goodness. All right. I'm listening. I know that I talked for a long time before we even got like two minutes into this episode. So I'm trying to listen and take in like a good amount of information before I make a comment um, because otherwise this is going to be like four hours long. But I just had to say that. What is the point of believing in an all-knowing, all-powerful God if you think that aimlessly, like mindlessly singing the lyrics to a song is going to speak death over yourself. I I firmly believe that Christians are not meant to live in a mindset of fear. And I think it's irresponsible and frankly anti-Christian for Brittany Dawn to continue to fear monger, to continue to plant seeds of fear and doubt and like this hypersensitivity to anything worldly to her followers because it's just not, it's not Jesus being like, you can't watch a scary movie in my home. For what? For what, Brittany? Like you think that a movie is more powerful than God? You think that a movie is more powerful than God's protection over you? I don't know. I I don't believe that. And have you ever noticed how When you choose to listen to these profane songs, when you're choosing to listen to songs about drugs, sex, money, greed, whatever it is, you are suddenly filled 
with lustful desires. You are suddenly filled with fear and anxiety and honestly sheer panic sometimes. But when you listen to worship, when you spend time in the Lord's presence, you are at such peace. And that's because you are dwelling in the presence of God. You are ushering in the Holy Spirit. And we don't need to be paranoid about this, but we do need to use discernment as Christians. The hour for this is so crucial. I see so many people online being led astray just by the the songs that they're listening to, the lyrics that they're singing, and it breaks my heart because I was that girl for so long. There were so many times in my past, once I gave my life to the Lord, music was one of the last convictions I had. I was still up in the gym listening to songs that I had no business listening to. I was still singing songs over my life, lyrics over myself that I had no business speaking out loud. And eventually the Holy Spirit convicted me and I leaned into that. And I'm just a very hot or cold person. And I went all in. I deleted everything. I deleted my entire Spotify playlist. I had no idea where to start. I was like, okay, Lord, are you just wanting me to listen to worship now? Like in the gym, I need certain, like I need a little something more upbeat than that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are worship songs out there that are good and have good rhythm and stuff. But for a workout, like when I'm doing squats, y'all, I need something a little to push me through. You know what I mean? So um, it was a process. It took me some time to find good worship music that had a good beat, um, some Christian hip-hop, Christian rap. It is out there. Also use discernment with that. There are a lot of Christian artists that are being led astray in this hour, and it's just really sad to see. Mm. I won't get started on that soapbox. That's a whole conversation for a different day. I want to focus on the here and the now and what we're here to talk about. Um, But I do want to say if you are in this place of trying to find new music, if you're in that in-between of like, okay, I'm leaning into this conviction of not listening to these songs anymore and Beyonce and Jay-Z and Taylor Swift, which... it's so hard. I spoke out on Taylor Swift and there was a lot of pushback and then there were a lot of people that agreed. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in this episode as well. But if you're in that place of like, okay, the Lord is now convicting me of giving up these music artists and you don't know where to start. I want to encourage you to click the link down in the show notes. Um, I always say description box because I always feel like I'm on YouTube, but I'm not. I'm on a podcast. It's in the show notes below. I'm actually going to link my um, Christian hip hop workout playlist. There are like, I think now 300 songs on there that I have listened to. I have for the most part read through the lyrics and I feel like they're Christ focused, um, which is really important because, you know, Sometimes we just need, like I said, a good beat. We need something that's a little more, gives us some more pep in our step. Um, but without further ado. She's getting ready to say like, without further ado, I'm sitting here thinking, where are Paul and Morgan? We are six minutes and 35 seconds into this episode. Where are they? Are they just like sitting there listening to you monologue? Did you record this prior to their conversation? I have no idea. I do hope that throughout this episode, though, they get a little bit more specific because I think it's a little bit too broad to just say, like, have you ever noticed that when you listen to secular music, you feel greedy? Okay, there are some songs that focus on materialism and things like that. Um, that like that does exist. And if you're noticing that you're listening to those songs and really just feeling unsatisfied with your life and your possessions and you're like, well, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get money. Okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe you'd reevaluate that, but that's not something that is applicable to every single song that is considered secular. Something that pops into my head is I need by Macklemore. 
I wouldn't consider Macklemore um, a Christian artist. I mean, there's lots of talk of God in his songs, but I mean, you wouldn't hear one of his songs necessarily played at like a church. You wouldn't sing that for your Sunday worship. Although he does talk about God in his music. Again, it would be classified as secular. And so there's a song where he talks about all the things like, I need this, I need that, I, you know, I need money, I need shoes, I need drugs, I need perk 30s, like I need all of these things. And I have everything that I need, but why am I falling to my knees? Like, so talking about I have all of these things, but I'm not happy with them, something's missing, like my life is not going the way that I thought it would, even though I have all these materialistic things. And there are plenty of other songs that are in the same vein as that. And so you can't just say like secular music makes you feel greedy. And again, I'm just picking up on like one of the words that I remember from what Brittany said. Um, but again, that's why I hope that they get more specific with this, because I want to know specifically what they're talking about. Thank you. Let's jump into today's episode. All right. Welcome to the Chiseled and Called podcast, Paul and Morgan. Love it. Welcome. Welcome to us. <laughs> that's so weird to say. Hi. That's really strange. Honestly, honored, that's something I would say too. <laughs> we're honored to be here, Brittany. Seriously. Yeah, that, that was what I was meaning to say. <laughs> well, I'm so excited about this topic that we're diving into today. I feel like it's a very prominent one in our society, especially of, as of lately with all the Doja Cat, Taylor Swift controversy stuff floating around the internet. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's just dive on in. We don't really have questions. We're just going to have an open dialogue. I think there's almost too much to unpack with this in a short amount of time. So we can just see where the Holy Spirit leads us. But I know this is something that I've felt very convicted over. Um, my testimony is that, you know, I was just in it. I was in the world. I listened to hip hop and rap and I was just consuming all this stuff and wondering why I had like sleep paralysis and anxiety and depression and just all the things that come with it, struggles with lust and all of that. So, um, yeah, I would love for you guys to share a little bit about yourself and maybe like why, cause I know you guys have been passionate about this as well. Maybe a little bit why you guys are starting to speak out on this I think in general, we tend to choose the music that we listen to. So we're not ever really listening to something by mistake. I mean, if you're out shopping and you hear a song, you can't really control whether or not you hear it. But those are typically pretty like upbeat, poppy songs that you hear in stores and stuff like that. Or like out at a bar or at a restaurant, you're not really going to hear a lot of sad music there in general. Um, but in terms of like the music that you are choosing to listen to, you're choosing to listen to it. You're not listening to things by accident. And while you might hear a sad song and you might like resonate with that emotion or you might just feel the pain that the singer is expressing, typically I think that that's pretty short-lived. It's like while you're listening to it, you're like, oh man, I can feel, I can feel their emotion through the song or through the lyrics. That is sad. And then when the song's over, you're pretty quickly able to move on unless you are already going through something. Also, I think it's kind of flippant to people who have diagnosable depression or like generalized anxiety disorder for Brittany to say that music has given her depression and or anxiety depending on the song that she listened to. Too. Yeah. Well, I love that you said that, Brittany, just about how like you were wondering why you were struggling with anxiety, depression, and all these things. Like people hate 
when we say that in our videos of like, <laughs> are you struggling with these things? We'll stop listening yes. to this stuff. And they're like, how dare you tell me that my depression yes. is because of music I'm listening to. Morgan, it's <laughs> funny you say that um, because I literally, yeah, when Brittany mentioned it, I, I was kind of like, the first thing that went off in my head was, why do you guys think so many people, even Christians, have that reaction where mm -hmm. like if someone mm -hmm. brings up that, hey guys, like this is affecting not just like your the spiritual side of you, but like just in a practical sense, as you go about the day, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. your your sleep, but like they so quickly stiff arm that. Like yeah. why? Yeah. Why do they have that reaction do you guys think? Like I have a suspicion, yeah. but what do you guys think? I just think the flesh wants what it wants. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. What it wa uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I appreciate that's a song. <laughs> Demi Lovato, maybe? I don't know. Lena, I think. Oh, don't yeah, it's Lena. Oh, Brittany does not like Demi. Brittany is not a fan of Demi. However, I think, again, that it's it's foolish to be like, you're depressed or you're anxious because of the music that you're listening to. Yes, music can have a temporary or short-term effect on your emotions but if we look at the world around us like just speaking from the world today as it is why are people feeling anxiety why are people struggling with their mental health why are people like struggling to feel fulfilled and happy and safe and secure what do your finances look like like just Truly, honestly, what do your finances look like? How much do groceries cost? How much does gas cost? How hard are you having to work at a job to just live paycheck to paycheck? You don't think that might have any impact on people feeling stress or anxious or being like, oh, I'm not in a great place mentally. I would say that those things really, I mean, if you live in America, especially have much more of an impact on somebody's mental health than the music that they're listening to. And again, that's not to say that you should just listen to whatever or that music will have absolutely no impact on how you feel. But again, if we're talking about like anxiety, depression, having trouble sleeping, feeling like things are just off, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna venture to put it out there that maybe it has more to do with the state of the world instead of listening to Selena Gomez. And I think you get pushback on it because other people are probably thinking along the same wavelength of that of it's not music that's causing this it's other things other things that are completely out of my control that I just kind of have to cope with that's what's giving me distress not really the music <laughs> is it huh? Selena oh we like Selena <laughs> oh. I think I think right I mean I don't know she I, I've heard she's a Christian so I'm just like okay oh, we, hey, we will we get can to stand Selena. yeah we will oh, get to maybe Selena some... later Oh, okay. Maybe I we like Selena. <laughs> I think <laughs> I retract that. <laughs> but yes, I. She said the f word on only murders in the building. She's not a good Christian. I was gonna say that too, Morgan. Like I think just it's our flesh. Like we we crave the things that are broken. We crave the things that lead us to sin. You know that's why we need Jesus. And so, yeah, it would be interesting to hear your take on that, Paul. I, I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I think the, the Bible makes it very clear that the, the flesh wars against the spirit. And there are a lot of worldly Christians. And I don't say that to, I don't, we don't, you know, listen, guys, Brittany, Morgan, and I aren't trying to get on here and lay into Selena Gomez 
even though Brittany seems like she's a huge fan. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, but even if we do talk about some concerns we have. I'm a big fan of her. I like Selena Gomez. Have with her, like, we're not on here to just bash, but genuinely, yeah. like, there is a spiritual war going on. Mm -hmm. uh, the flesh is warring against the spirit, and we're all three of us here are not afraid to be to be to be criticized. So yeah. get ready, like we we like going there, guys. Just <laughs> get ready. Oh, okay, yeah. Good. Well, and I, I think it's you know just we live. There's so much deception, right? Like. It, it, let those who have eyes to see, see. And for so long, like I was saying, when we first started, I was wondering why I was struggling with all these temptations and all these desires and all these things that I couldn't quite run from. But then the second the Lord started convicting me of the music I was listening to, and I removed it from my playlist, I was like, oh, wow. Like now I'm focused on the Lord. I'm focused on things that are holy. I'm focused on things that are righteous. And, you know, in, in James, um, James 3, no, it's, I think it's a different scripture. Hang on. I think it's Philippians. Uh, anyways, there's a scripture that says, focus on the things that are holy and pure and let me pull it up. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If any of these things are excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4, 8. And I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And I, Brittany, I get convicted as well as I think about what you're saying, but it is, it's fascinating. I turned on the radio uh, and Taylor Swift was on and it was one of her mm -hmm. newer-ish songs. And yeah. she's got- What song? Kind of going back to my initial question, why do people stiff arm when they, you know, this gets brought up and how it could be affecting their lives? I think that they, they- really idolize these people. Taylor Swift mm -hmm. I think, is, is genuinely um, held in such high regard in even so many Christians lives. I was listening to a little bit, I think it was like cruel summer. And then okay. like that earlier that day or the day before um, her song karma, which was one of her newer songs mm -hmm. came on. And I'm, you know, it's like, okay, it's Taylor Swift. Let me see what, what she's been putting out lately. It's just more out of like curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't as bad as, um, Doja Cat's new stuff. Oh my gosh. Where she yeah. portrays a demon. Maybe it's not as bad as Demi Lovato's new stuff where it's super sacrilegious and whatnot. But I'm listening to it and I'm like, these lyrics are not kind of Brittany, you just shared that Bible verse. This is not good. This is not wholesome. Mm -hmm. This is not true. This is not praiseworthy. Yeah. This is not biblical and God honoring. Mm -hmm. When just she's she's saying these different verses in her songs, and I'm like, man, I, I'm gonna just pass on this. I'm gonna turn this mm -hmm. off. And then I think I need you to tell me specifically what is wrong with the lyrics to Cruel Summer. That's what I need. If I am somebody who is looking up to Paul and Morgan or I'm looking up to Brittany Dawn and I am looking to them to tell me how to be a good Christian, how to choose what to listen to, how to make choices, how to how to trust my discernment, like give me an give me an example. Tell me what's wrong with it specifically. Because people like Taylor Swift because they can relate to her experiences. It may not be something that is meant to be a worship song that you would sing on a Sunday morning, but it is a human experience that people can relate to and makes them feel seen and validated. It makes them feel like they're not alone in their experiences, especially Cruel Summer. Like just thinking about the lyrics to that, she's like, I'm drunk in the back of the car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. There are so many people who have had that exact same experience 
in the midst of like a relationship that's just not working out. And how she's like, I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you. There are people who can relate to that. And yeah, that's not something that's like meant to be a worship song. That is not something that is meant to glorify God. But that, but does that mean that it doesn't necessarily have value? I mean, just because something isn't explicitly meant to glorify God, does that mean that it should be avoided at all costs? I don't know. I mean, does like going out to eat, does that glorify God? Or should we avoid it at all costs? Does going to get coffee glorify God? Or should we avoid it at all costs? Online shopping, that has a negative impact on the environment. Should we avoid that? Like, you know what I mean? When we're thinking about every single thing that we are consuming and scrutinizing it and having this level of attention to detail and fear, where are we going to end up? Like, what is going to be okay? What is acceptable? Is it okay to just say like, I'm having a human emotion and I want to listen to a song that makes me feel like I'm not the only person who's ever gone through this? I don't know. I think it is. Think about all the Christians that are going to her concert and singing this stuff out loud, memorizing these lyrics. And it really just makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like what you choose to speak of. Also, you're going to say like, it's so sad that people listen to Taylor Swift and they know her lyrics when you're using her name to make money. They, Paul and Morgan recently put out a video asking if Travis Kelsey was the luckiest man on earth because he's dating Taylor Swift. You're using her name to, for clickbait and to make money. And you're going to sit here and be like, it's really sad that people would go to her concert. Okay. Over yourself, right? Like we, the, the, the power of life and death is in the tongue that's in Proverbs and what we're actively choosing to say and profess over our lives is what we're, we're choosing to partner with, whether that's life or death. And I think, yeah, I mean, there are so many Taylor Swift songs that are catchy and same thing out of curiosity when she released her latest album, which I don't remember when that was, I was like, I'm just going to listen. I just want to see like how quickly the Holy Spirit starts convicting me. And sure enough, it was like not that far in. And she's like, karma is a God. And I'm like, that's, that's not good. But you know, it just, and, and, and people are so quick to get offended by Taylor Swift, Doja Cat, Lil Nas, Beyonce, the list could go on. I mean, there's an entire list of these music artists that are going down a seemingly dark path. But then you look at like the story of Lucifer in the Bible and Lucifer was in charge, according to scholars who have interpreted scripture, I believe it's in Ezekiel. Lucifer was in charge of music in heaven, which means he was probably in charge of worship, but he was so prideful and so into himself. It literally pained him to think of worshiping anyone but himself. So he got kicked out of heaven for that, for that pride. And like, when you really think of that, it's like, of course, Satan's going to use that, that gift, quote unquote, that he was given. Of course, he's going to use the same tactics because he can't come up with new ones. And it's just so evident in the music industry now that that's what he's doing. He's planting little seeds, little seeds, and those seeds are becoming. I have an issue with her saying that in Ezekiel, it says that um, Satan or Lucifer was in charge of music in heaven because most modern translations don't reflect that. Um, so I don't know. Again, like if if you believe that he was or you believe that he wasn't, I don't really have an opinion either way. You can have either perspective and it's really a non-issue for me. But for Brittany to say like in Ezekiel, it says this. 
when most modern translations don't reflect that, I do think that's an issue. Like I would like for her to explain how she got there because I know, <laughs> I know Brit's not reading like original manuscripts of the Bible. I need her to explain how she came to that conclusion. I need her to explain like what she's been reading, where she's getting that from. Maybe she can link some resources in the description. Give us something. Generally, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I can guess that most people who are listening to this are not going to be like, wow, that's interesting. Let me go look. And and they're like, they're not going to go read Ezekiel and, and see whether or not it actually says that. They're just going to take Brittany's word for it and pass it along, which again is not something that's going to make or break their salvation, but it's just something that isn't like 100% set in stone true. It's something that is a point of conversation that we can debate. And we can explore different angles on. Just like a small thing that bothers me <laughs> that I'm like nitpicking on. Also, I will say that I can totally understand them having an issue with the lyrics of Karma. Uh, particularly, Karma is a God. I will say that Taylor's not saying Karma is God. The kind of theme of the song is Taylor comparing Karma to different things. Karma is a cat purring on my lap because it loves me. Um, karma is my boyfriend. Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. Karma is a relaxing thought. Like, I think it would be interesting for Paul and Morgan and Brittany to break down all of the lyrics of Karma by Taylor Swift and just have a conversation about that. I don't know why, but for some reason, I'm like, I would so much rather hear that than them just throwing out these broad generalities and being like, it's demonic, it's Satan well, tell me more. Like, especially again, if people are looking to Paul and Morgan and Brittany Dawn as religious leaders or as religious influencers who can teach them how to be good Christians, it's like, okay, well, let's decipher this. Let's talk about this. Taylor Swift says karma is a God. What, what context do we have around that? What other lyrics are being included? Why might that be an issue? Like I, I just, I want it. I want them to dig deeper. I really do. I mean, full-blown trees now that we can see as Christians because it's so in your face. Whereas like 20 years ago, it was just like little sprinkles here and there. And it just boggles my mind that there's still Christians who are so deceived. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because like, I feel like a lot of Christians argument for Taylor Swift is, well, she doesn't like go crazy with cussing and she doesn't get super sensual and blah, blah, blah. But like, I know young women who are obsessed with Taylor Swift and they struggle with lust. And one thing that I feel like Taylor Swift does is, yeah, she doesn't necessarily get super deep into sexual things or, or whatever, but she writes these love songs that make mm -hmm. you envious of this love that she has. You start desiring this type of relationship that she's describing or whatever. You start struggling with envy, with jealousy, with lust, desiring mm -hmm. a man, whatever. Um, and it's like, then you're trapped in these sins and it's, like Taylor Swift's music led you into that and you need to yeah. think and be careful. And I think Christians are so naive. A lot of them are naive and a lot of them are just stiff arming the truth. But the ones who I feel like are naive are just these ones who are like, no, Taylor Swift's music is so cute and fun. Like there's nothing bad about them. But then they're over here struggling with lust. And I'm like, if you're struggling with lust, if you're struggling yeah. with any type of sin, like you have to be willing to cut 
everything out of your life for a time to be able to then like slowly invite music in back into your life, slowly invite TV shows back into your life. Like, well, because I do, yeah. Morgan, I agree that, <clears throat> excuse me, I do think there is some gray area there. There are probably mm-hmm. going to be some Taylor Swift songs that you can sing to if you want. Um, yeah. But I, I agree with you. We have to, you know, we're going to be accountable for how we live our lives. Um, mm-hmm. And if there is an avenue of music that is causing you to to struggle with lust, we mentioned it with the movies that we were watching and you, uh, we were talking about like movies that. I have so many thoughts about what Morgan just said. I don't know where to start, but I guess I'll go with her saying like, oh, there's nothing wrong with Taylor Swift songs. It's just cute and fun. People who actually listen to Taylor Swift know that it's not just like teeny bopper hanging out at the mall on a Friday night songs. Taylor sings about heartbreak a lot. <laughs> like that's kind of what her reputation was for a long time is she's oh, she's writing all these songs about her ex-boyfriends and exposing them, right? She sings about heartbreak. She sings about sickness. She sings about her own self-worth and not feeling good enough. She sings, uh, she does sing about love. Um, she sings about having relationship issues. She sings about friendship issues. She sings about infidelity. Like there's a wide variety of things that Taylor Swift sings about. So nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, it's all just happy, upbeat music. Like anybody who actually listens to her knows that it's definitely a lot deeper than that. And secondly, I don't know these people that Morgan is talking about, so I don't know exactly what's going on in their personal lives, but if someone is struggling with lust, that can, first and foremost, that can mean a million different things, but I would be willing to bet that listening to Taylor Swift is not the reason that they're struggling with that. And I don't know if these are like married people, if they're boy crazy young girls. I mean, Morgan talked about being boy crazy on her Instagram stories about having like a fake Florida boyfriend and imagining like a guy you meet on spring break is going to be your boyfriend and thinking about how much you guys like each other and getting all giddy over it. So like, what does she mean? These people are struggling with lust. That could mean so many different things. But again, I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift is not the reason for it. You go to Parents Guide and it says sex and nudity is severe. Ugh, and we were like, guys, guide. why why would you why would you turn that on? But then there's some yeah. gray area with you mentioned Twilight and you mm-hmm. kind of gave the same Oh, they're talking about the Witcher again. Uh does Paul really want to bring this up? Thing like but girls and guys if you've got a, an intense battle with lust going on, you should probably avoid Twilight and just how emotionally stimulating that is, even mm-hmm. though there may not be mm-hmm. sex and nudity severe. Yeah. Just go ahead and, and avoid it for a while. Yeah. And I, it's I, using I discernment. Yeah, it's wise. I think that's wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Maureen? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. Like, I, I just... Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many moments where I can look back on my life and I see the link between the bondage I was living in and the music I was listening to. And even with Taylor Swift or Selena Gomez, I, which again, I haven't listened to her music lately. I just assumed she was okay, but <laughs> it's sad. It wouldn't shock me if she's also gone down that path because it seems like so many of them are. Um, I mean, it's, it's truly so a rarity to see a someone that's in Hollywood, a celebrity, a singer, a music artist, stand their ground and stand in their faith these days, which is really sad. But the Bible tells us there will be a hard falling away. Um, 
but yeah, I, I can look back at my life and see so many times where it was just correlated the, the, the sin and what I was choosing to put in my ear gates, right? Like our eye gates and our ear gates, that's a very real thing. Um, and I, you, I don't know if y'all have gone down this rabbit hole. I have not, but I have seen something that I'm noticing and maybe this will change throughout the course of this conversation is everything's about Brittany and her experience. And here's what I've been through and here's what I noticed and here's what I learned. Maybe Brittany knows more about their lives because they are her quote unquote good friends. But I would think if you're inviting somebody on your podcast for a conversation, you might say something like, I experienced this thing or I noticed this thing. Do you guys have the same experience? What's what's your experience been like in terms of this? Or what have you noticed? What have you learned? What would you recommend? Like that's what I would think. If you're bringing somebody onto your channel to have this conversation, it wouldn't just be for them to be a sounding board to like agree with the things that you have said that you've experienced. The the movies, or not the movies, the videos on YouTube and TikTok of people that went to the Taylor Swift concert and they actually were put into like a trance or they completely dissociated and they don't know what happened. They have no recollection of anything. Um, they left feeling really disoriented, very dizzy. They passed out. Like I've seen so many different scenarios and I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's coincidental. Like you wouldn't see that happening. Girly, I was there. It's a three plus hour long show. There is a massive line to get anything to drink. I will tell you this. I need State Farm Stadium to address this. I tried to get some water and they were sold out. I waited in line for like 20 minutes in the middle of Taylor's set to get a bottle of water and they were sold out. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody saw a three hour long show and didn't remember every single thing that went down during it. You might just kind of get lost in the performance and then when you're done, you're like, wow, I just like, I just got totally lost in watching that. I don't even remember certain things that happened. Did she play this song? Did she not? And also the, the tour started when it was pretty warm out in Arizona. It was in March. And so I know that March is like spring and the weather's supposed to be nice. In Arizona, it's a little bit hot in March. So you go through March all the way through the summer. People are going to get hot. If the stadiums sell out of water, people are not going to be able to get hydrated. They might have been drinking throughout the day. Maybe that explains why they feel a little bit dizzy or disoriented. Plus, trying to get home after the Taylor Swift concert because it's a stadium tour. There are so many people there. That's a long, that's a, that's a whole other ordeal. So yeah, considering all of those things, I'm not exactly sure that somebody not remembering every song that was played or feeling a little bit disoriented as they leave the Eras tour can be attributed to witchcraft. Just my thought though. Looking at, you know, a Christian worship concert, like, like sure, might. you might like get schwacked by the Holy Spirit, but, that, <laughs> but that's like a completely different, right? So it, I'm so sorry. Schwacked is a gross word. And <laughs> every time she uses it, I get grossed out. So interesting to hear people saying like coming out of what was seemingly one of the biggest music tours that I've ever heard of in my life anyways. And all these testimonies are coming out of like, oh, I'm actually turning from Taylor Swift after experiencing that. Have you guys heard about that situation? We have. Yeah, we, um, if you guys didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. 
before they answer. Mm-hmm. Let's address this. Paul and Morgan did make a video about whether or not Taylor Swift is a witch. And the general consensus of their video was like, there's some disturbing imagery. And Taylor Swift has different versions of the song Willow. There's one that's called like the Lonely Witch version. And Paul was like, I don't really like that. That makes me uncomfortable. But do I think that people are leaving the Taylor Swift concert like under a spell or having been you know like put into a trance no i don't think so so that's what that was the general consensus of their video what's he gonna say here is he gonna push back Hmm? he's the man he's the man in this conversation so let's see you know paul and morgan (laughs) and i did make a video probably three weeks ago just exploring what you're talking Mm -hmm. about Brittany. Uh, I titled it is Taylor Swift a witch and I hit on five or six of kind of the big uh, stories or accusations behind it and what you're referring to was definitely one of them one of them she released a song Willow and there's some very um, you could call it occult symbolism in her performance in the heiress tour and then she has like a special version of the song that she calls the witch's lonely witch version (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. there's a wow. number of other things, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that there are definitely, I think Isaiah Saldivar, if you guys are familiar with him, he would agree with you there. And he did agree with you in a video he made where he said like, this is, this is just demonic influence, uh, witchcraft yeah. that's going on in the audience and it's, it's causing people to have amnesia. I don't know that I would say that with confidence. Yeah. 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 I don't know enough to be able to make a confident stance on that, but yeah, surprise. No. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, unless you were there, you can't really, you can't speak for someone else and what they've experienced, but it's like you. This is a weird form of Christian Brown nosing that is bugging the heck out of me. If you are, if you guys are here to have an honest conversation about secular music, Paul, like say what you really think, like go push back against Britney. It doesn't have to result in this like, blowout fight it can just be no I, I disagree with you we actually made a video on it and here are my thoughts based on what i saw have these conversations as christians we can have different opinions on things that's okay and it's weird that paul is gonna get on here after presenting himself as an expert on his own channel and he's the person who's right and oh tell me if i'm wrong but i'm only gonna listen if you're a patron because i think i'm right he's gonna be right about everything on his own channel but then he's going to go on Brittany Dawn's podcast and be tactful, dare I say, because I've never seen it from Paul, um, being tactful and not necessarily disagreeing with her, but not openly agreeing with her, but being like, oh, well, I watched this guy who I think he, he would probably agree with you. And here's what he said. This is weird. You can disagree. Disagree with Brittany. I would love to see her have some pushback, especially after doing those Q&As with Farron, Emma, and Kelly, where they all just, they just agreed with her, all agreed with each other on every single thing. There was no meaningful discussion happening. It was just, mm-hmm, amen, yes, 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 I agree. No critical thought, no discourse. Who, who benefits from that? Nobody. I, Paul, I want to hear you 
tell Brittany your opinion. Tell her the opinion that you espoused in that video. Because while I didn't necessarily agree with everything you said in that video, I did at least appreciate that you were like, I don't really know. I don't really think that people are walking out of these concerts like having been in a trance. It just, you know, there's some witchy symbolism. I feel uncomfortable with the lonely witch edit of Willow. Uh, th those things I don't like, but I don't really think that Taylor is a witch casting spells on people. You said that. That was a reasonable take. You have a right not to like the, the lonely witch version of Willow. And like, talk about it. Just say like, oh, I didn't really like that, but I don't think that she's a witch and I don't think she's casting spells on people. There is literally nobody benefiting from you not pushing back on Brittany in this situation. Can take that with a grain of salt and then research it. And that's kind of how, you know, sometimes if like the Holy Spirit can let you hear that and then tell you, okay, now go do your homework and kind of like, again, let those who have eyes to see, see. So that's, I didn't know you guys made a video about that. I'm going to have to go watch that and I'll link it down in the description below because it's, she did not know her good friends, Paul and Morgan made a video on that before coming on to her podcast to talk about that exact thing. It's not a comfortable topic for a lot of people. It's definitely not popular because the world loves Taylor Swift, but it's important. And if it can keep one person even just from going down a path of deception, I think it's worth it. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many other music artists like Beyonce. I know she has shared absolutely blasphemous lyrics in some of her songs, um, so much so that I don't even feel comfortable repeating them. And I'm sure you guys would agree like with what? me on that. I just, and to see her music going viral, these concerts selling out, I, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. How much, just how much deception there truly is. Yeah. Like what you think that your God is not powerful enough to protect you. If you are quoting somebody else and saying, Hey, Beyonce said this and I disagree with it. What does that say about how you view God? That you don't think you can quote somebody and be okay. I'm actually really upset and angry and I feel like I just need to kind of take a breath. Um, I feel like Brittany doesn't know the lyrics and that's why she's not saying them. If I'm being completely honest. Um, because she's, she's sitting here being like, Beyonce has these really awful lyrics and I don't even feel comfortable saying them and I'm sure you understand it's for good reason. No, I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. You don't think that your God is more powerful than you quoting somebody? You think that by you saying like, hey, I have an issue with this and like, let me just tell you what exactly it is so I can explain why I have a problem with it and we can have a conversation about it. Like, you don't think you can do that. You think that your soul is in danger by doing that. That's absolutely wild to me. And I think that she is being fake when she says that. I think that it would take more critical thinking skills and conversational skills to actually present the lyrics that she supposedly has such an issue with and explain why she has an issue with them than it does to just say like these are really bad and I don't feel comfortable repeating them and I hope as a Christian you understand why. I think she's taking the easy way out. She wanted a um, an attention grabbing headline of oh listening to secular music as a Christian 
and she wanted to get the attention from that, but then she didn't want to put the work into actually having a meaningful conversation. That's how I feel. And it's so, it's hard because like, you know, we like to say we're in the world, but But of of the word. word. And, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't enjoy some things that come from this world. You can't enjoy music, secular music even. Um, But I do think like Christians, we have to be more diligent. doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you can't sing to the song Single Ladies by Beyonce, but like this weird like devotion that we see people and Christians give to celebrities is very concerning, in my opinion. Devotion to an artist who, you know, they release an album that's pretty clean and good and not blasphemous in any way, shape, or form. But then three mm-hmm. albums later, they've released just total trash, garbage music that is not good for anyone's spirit. But because of this Christian's devotion to their artists, they're like, I support them. I love them. And, you know, they're going to make it better album next year but i love this one too and it's just like what are we doing why who's doing that what artist in particular are you referencing when you give that example why can we not walk away from this stuff like don't support these artists (laughs) yeah that's good that's good i think that the scripture tells us over and over again to um you know don't be conformed to the patterns of this world I don't be in love with the world. And sadly, I think many Christians just are. And I hope there's a sanctifying process going on there. Mm-hmm. And so we would just encourage maybe Christians that just, because we had we had one of our you know subscribers, she commented and she was like, there is nothing Taylor Swift could do that would get me not to love her music or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and I think that she was just putting it out there. But there are plenty of people like you just said that are in that boat. Um. And we are just encouraging you guys to like really check yourself, yeah. um, examine. I mean, the Apostle Paul said, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And there is a really mm-hmm. beautiful examining and asking the Holy Spirit, like, bring conviction. If my heart needs to be convicted, mm-hmm. open my eyes, like you said, Brittany, open my eyes to what's really I'm ingesting yeah. here. Is this stuff that is pleasing to you and good for my spirit? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It's so true. I mean, I love what you said, Morgan, about um, being able to still enjoy certain things in the secular realm. It's, you know, it's, you can't run from it, right? Like we live in a fallen world, but there are songs that I even still listen to today that don't have any curse words, no profanity. It's just a simple little song about who knows what, but innocent. Right. And I love those songs, like the little feel good, but you have to use discernment kind of like what you were saying, Paul is like, like what, if you want your followers to truly take this in and like follow your lead, You need to give them examples. You need to give them guideposts. Like you just, you need to be practical in the advice that you are giving. And I don't think that this is. Just Brittany saying like, there are some songs that I still like that don't have curse words. Like it makes me feel like she doesn't actually care about helping her audience or guiding them or telling them like, here's what I consume. And you know, if this works for you, great. But like, I just want to give you some examples. So maybe you have a jumping off point. Like she doesn't actually care about giving practical advice. She just wants to have a talking point on a social media platform. This is giving me a backache and I am not going to my chiropractor for three more days. So Brittany, Paul, Morgan, I need y'all to chill. Like for the sake of my physical health, I need y'all to chill. Like, 
you have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, like guide me, guide my footsteps, guide my choices, guide, give me wisdom because it is so easy to fall into that. Um, one of the big things that I know you guys have probably been asked about the last week or so, and I have been is Doja Cat. <laughs> uh, I know it's cringeworthy. I'm like cringing inside. So in full transparency, I have not seen the music video, nor do I have a desire to see the music video. Then don't talk about it. They're probably going to talk about the song Demons. And before they even get into it, I'll tell you my perception of it. I did see the music video. I read the lyrics. I read a few articles about the music video because Paul and Morgan also did a video about the music video and they also had not seen it and they just, they had an opinion. Of course, why would they not? I don't like Doja Cat. I don't listen to her music. I'm not a fan of her. Um, I watched a D'Angelo Wallace video about how she's basically a professional troll and that's, that's what she's done. That's how she's gotten attention. This is nothing new. People should not be surprised. And this is kind of like a pattern of behavior with her is trying to get outrage from people based on the things that she does. So considering all of that, and especially knowing that her boyfriend is Jay Cyrus, and I mean, I obviously don't know him personally, but from the things that I've read, he's not a super stand-up guy. Um, there are some allegations against him of emotional manipulation of people who looked up to him because he was an influencer and him trying to talk to people who, um, while they were legally of age, were a lot younger than him. And like that just kind of feels not super great. Um, and when people kind of tried to approach Doja Cat about it, she was like, I don't give an F. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Be mad. <laughs> Be mad. This is who I'm dating. I do not care about your opinion. And I'm like, okay, that's really not great. And then she also recently posted a picture of herself wearing a t-shirt that had a picture of Sam Hyde on it, who's like a neo-Nazi. So Doja Cat isn't really somebody that I would look to as the pinnacle of morality. I'm not sitting here saying like, support Doja Cat. I love her. She didn't do anything wrong. But what I am saying is if you are going to talk about the actions of someone else, you should probably know what they did. If you're going to talk about a music video that somebody made, you should probably know what's in that music video. And as far as the song Demons goes, my perception of it upon just like the first listen and reading the lyrics is somebody essentially saying, you said all of these bad things about me. Those are my demons. How do they look now that I'm rich? Like you think all of these negative things about me. Do you think that those are still valid because I am rich and here's the life that I'm living? And while I don't necessarily agree or disagree with the messaging within that song, I don't think that she is exactly meaning it to be like satanic, demonic demons, if that makes sense. I think it's just like the broad concept of having a demon, of having something that's not necessarily an attractive quality about yourself and something that someone can criticize you for and that being your demon and saying like, well, how does that look now that I'm rich? How does that look now that I have all this attention? You really think that's a demon now? That like That's how I perceive it. I could be totally wrong. Let me know how you feel about that song. Um, but in general, I don't necessarily think it's like a demon worshiping song. I think that it is a song about like 
you said all these bad things about me, but guess what? I'm rich anyway. And she's using the demonic imagery to gain attention. That is my thought on it as someone who has actually watched the video, but let's go ahead and just hear what Brittany has to say about it. However, yesterday I was on Instagram and some troll pages took it upon themselves to tag, like tag, you know, you can tag on Instagram and then you like shows you what posts you've been tagged in. Yeah. They filled up that whole block with like, like 50 demon photos. And I was like, yeah. So I had to like spend 30 minutes of my time fixing that. But I was just like praying in the spirit the whole time. I'm just like, Yarbiki in the name of Jesus. But I mean, even just seeing those pictures from the music video, I was like, that's bad. Like, that's really bad because they had taken screenshots from it. Um, and I think there's a lot of people wondering how how she started where she started and she's ended up here. Um, we could all go into our own theories, but at the end of the day, it's it's deception and it's it's Satan, right? Baiting her into that place. And so, yeah, I would love to hear your perspective on Doja Cat. Um, I'm sure you guys have done way more research on it than I have because that's <laughs> what you guys love doing. I just, I haven't felt convicted to. Paul's like, let's go. <laughs> if you haven't felt convicted to do the research, why do you feel convicted to bring this up as a topic? Just a question. So have at it. Take it away. <laughs> we did make a video on the Doja Cat mm. most recent song, Demons. Yes. Morgan, what's your kind of biggest takeaway from Doja Cat releasing that song? How do you perceive that? Well, actually, Brittany, you said something earlier that I said a similar thing in our video of just how, like, Lucifer was in heaven possibly in charge of music and how he couldn't stand the idea of worshiping someone other than himself. And so he mm -hmm. fell from heaven. And like, it's so interesting because we see these artists who are just so self-centered and to be self-centered is to have like the, the heart of Satan because he is so self-centered and, um, yeah, I mean, I just, we see that more and more music and artists and Hollywood and celebrities in general and people in general. Um, but specifically with Doja, I mean, it's just like, well, she's taking off the mask and showing ex us exactly who she is. Like, and it's really sad and scary, but also like a wake up call. What do you mean she has taken off the mask? What was your perception of her prior to the song being released? Because her releasing this song and this music video was nothing that was surprising to me as someone who has access to and uses the internet. Of If we have ourselves on any type of platform, if we look at ourselves as holier than thou, like, we better mm -hmm. check ourselves. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like how you, you did that, Morgan. You combined how it, it goes from an obsession with self, which we see in so many of these artists, and it can quickly move into uh, being put on display in, in so many different forms, one being just straight up demonic. Yeah. And, I mean, straight up demonic. Yeah. And so they, they kind of, in many ways, go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I, uh, yeah, again, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
I wonder if it's bothering Brittany that Paul is like being like, yes, Morgan, I love how you worded that and not saying that to Brittany. Also, where's Jordan? I thought he was the unofficial co-host of this podcast. Really sad, like watching the progress of that. Cause I didn't even know who, who she was like three years ago. I mean, I feel like it's so, she's so new on the scene. Um, and just watching how quickly it's progressed. Like I, th- there, there's a lot of, you know, I, this is not a place for conspiracies. There's a lot of things we could jump into with that. Um, but as far as like, just, yeah, I mean her songs, like, so for someone that might be struggling with, these music or these music choices, these songs they're listening to with the playlist they're they've got on their phone, whatever. What are some like advice or practical tips that you guys would give someone who might be in the thick of that sin? Cause I know for me, I had to just do the cold Turkey. That's kind of how I am. I ha- I'm either hot or I'm cold. When the Lord convicted me, convicted me of that, I literally had to delete everything. I mean, I started fresh. I was like zero to 100. We're getting rid of all of this. Um, that's not the case for some people. Some people have to take it a little bit at a time. So I know I'm kind of like throwing an impromptu question on you guys, but I figured we could like talk about this because it's a, it's a real thing. Like everyone's probably starting to feel convicted. That's listening to this. If they are entertaining these music artists and these songs. Um, so what are some practical things they could do moving forward to walk out of that sin? Yeah, let's hear it. Um, well, I'm a lot like you, Brittany, and that I just have to cut it all out cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, I just get in the word and and see the freedom that God has to offer us and pray that the Lord would put just like a like insatiable hunger within you that will not be satisfied by music. It won't be satisfied by TV, movies, books. The only thing that will satisfy is time with the Father. Pray for that desire if it's not in you right now. Pray for that hunger. That's something that I've had to do all throughout my walk with the Lord. There are times when I just feel very just like, and I'm like, Lord, like I need you to place a deep hunger in me. And that hunger is, and until he answers that prayer and puts that hunger in it, just discipline yourself because there's beauty and discipline. Um, Paul in the Bible talks about we discipline our bodies and, you know, just discipline yourself to cut those things out. Maybe cold turkey completely for just do it for a week, do it for a day and see what happens. Like, I believe that like you will feel different in one day like I believe that God just like there is power in taking those things out of our lives and replacing them with things that are holy like you said that verse in Philippians like just true lovely noble pure holy like I think that that's how we got to do it Morgan you are hitting it out of the park (laughs) (laughs) Holly no I I mean I'd say read As much as I've commented on the way that Paul and Morgan interact with each other on camera and the things that they have um, done on their own YouTube channels, like when Paul revealed that he had thought about divorce in a serious way for the first time ever on YouTube and Morgan had no idea and she was crying, like as much as I want to criticize and critique that, I will say that. Um, When Paul has gone on to other people's platforms, I do think that he makes it a priority to support Morgan and protect her 
from any sort of criticism that has thrown her way from other people. And I'm not saying that Brittany is criticizing Morgan. She's definitely not. But just Paul being there being like, I like the way that you said that, Morgan. I like that you did that. Like, I think that was really great. For some reason, I find it endearing. I still largely disagree with their views um, in general and like the things that they say and the ideas that they present. But it makes me happy to hear Paul being like, "Good, that was good, Morgan. I liked that. For some reason, I'm like, good job. Good job, Paul. Good on you, bud. The Bible so that like you can be built up in your faith and what, yes. uh, who God is. Mm-hmm. Stir the faith that's inside of you and then test what you are engaging, like the, the music you're listening to with the word of God. And yeah. go through and just read the lyrics. And if you're like, wow, this is this is pretty off, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. say no moss. No moss. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, it, everything you guys are saying is what I agree with. I'm I'm like you, Morgan, where I just zero to one hundred. I can't have it in my life. It, it and it's just crazy. Kind of going back to what I was saying earlier to dive into a little bit more. I I really struggled with sexual sin the most. When I was listening to songs about sex, drugs, money, violence, this, that, like suddenly, and and I grew up in a Christian household and there were certain songs that my parents didn't let me listen to because of the lyrics, which, you know, 20 years ago, it definitely wasn't as intense as it is today, but even still, I'm grateful that they tried to shield me from that a little bit. And then of course, when you get out on your own, you know, you kind of fend for yourself and you do what you want. And it's so wild how quickly my life pivoted for the worse, like just alcoholism, eating disorders, sex. She did not struggle with alcoholism. Get real. Oh my God. Get, get so for real. You are not an alcoholic, Brittany. I don't like saying that people didn't struggle with things that they are saying they struggled with, but as someone who has been watching Britney for quite a while and also covering her and who has more recently looked into the things that she has said online about alcohol because I've noticed her mentioning it more and more and more, I will say that from what I have gathered about the things that she has said about her relationship with alcohol, it is that there are alcoholics in her family, so she should know how serious alcoholism is. And that at one point when she was living in Dallas, she realized she was caught up in like the party lifestyle. She was drinking too much. She didn't really think that it was the greatest choice for her and she could feel herself doing it more and more. And so she decided to back off. And to me, that just sounds like a lifestyle change, not something that a diagnosable alcoholic would experience. Tonight for dinner, um, I am making spaghetti for us. My mom is the sweetest and she sent me home with spaghetti sauce for us to make spaghetti one night for dinner this week. So I'm making that tonight for us. We're probably gonna have like a glass of wine. That is another thing that I've been getting asked a lot about lately. Obviously, if you guys followed me in my fitness years, you know that I didn't really ever drink, like never. I never drank alcohol. There was a season in my life where I gave it up because when I was 21, I was drinking it so much and so consistently that it was becoming a very bad problem. Um, And I saw myself going down that path. Alcoholism does 
has run in our family and so when I realized what was happening and the path that I was starting to um, go down I made the personal decision to just stop cold turkey was it easy absolutely not there was a season in my life where I felt like I was kind of outcast because I wasn't drinking and I hope anyone watching this knows that like you don't have to drink to be included like luckily I got to a point in my life where I made friends who understood why I was making that decision not to drink personally I have a very addictive personality that led to another eating disorder um, when I start getting into the routine of something I tend to leech to it a little more than the average person would and I did that with alcohol it became a problem for me um, and I wanted to just nip it in the bud while I could so I cut it out cold turkey if I had to take a wild guess I would say probably for six years and then like really the last year or so I started allowing myself to like have a glass of wine on a special occasion or you know have a shot on my birthday something like that focusing on me that self-idolization right that a lot that is glamorized in this culture um you you kind of hit on it Paul with talking about how celebrities are they're, they're just so full of themselves um that is the world we're living in and so it's just wild to see the correlation now looking back on my testimony and all that God has done for me and then seeing how many women and even men are completely deceived. Like every now and then my husband will turn on a song from, you know, 10 years ago and he's like, Oh, this is my jam. And I'll, we'll listen to it. And I'll just look over at him and he's like, yeah, I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that he's yielding to that conviction. But I guess what I like, what, what songs does he enjoy listening to that you don't think are appropriate to listen to? would say is if you're listening to this and you maybe you don't even know what conviction feels like because that that's a real thing like if you're just starting to walk with the lord um that's a, a process that you have to learn but if you're feeling a tug in your heart right now to like give this music up or even just fast for a week from this music i would encourage you to lean into that because the lord can expose a lot and and reveal a lot to us when we step out in obedience like that and um yeah, man, Taylor Swift was a hard one to get rid of. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, there, Her Reputation album, because that came out around the time, about a year before I gave my life to Christ. Okay. And I just really latched to that album. And I'm like, oh, wow, we were really, we were walking in some dark stuff then. And I, I just don't find it coincidental. Um, not to say that like, you know, we, that's a, that's a whole conversation for another day if Taylor's a witch. And I, I do believe a lot of her stuff is demonic though. Um, I <gasps> do, I do believe all of the things that you guys said and apparently have made videos. On do you, do you really like what, what do you think is demonic? What? Like, tell me. <laughs> This is nuts. This is literally you just capitalizing on the amount of attention that Taylor Swift is getting right now to be like, I really do think that she's demonic. If Paul and Morgan can walk away from a video that they made, oh, I think it was just Paul in the video, um, but if there's a video on their channel that's made about Taylor Swift and the general sentiment of it is like, meh, I don't really love the imagery, but I don't think she's a witch. What hope do we have with Brittany Dawn walking away saying that she thinks her stuff is demonic? What kind of upside down world are we living in? And I believe and stand behind full heartedly. And um, Isaiah Salvador 
He's awesome. One day I'm believing I'll have him on my podcast. (laughs) He just like calls heaven down. Yeah. So, um, what are some final takeaways that you guys might have for anyone listening to this that is on the fence about, you know, they, they just aren't convinced that they need to guard their heart from these, these ways. Yeah. I mean, again, what I said is give it a week, cut out these things like the music, the, the trash TV that you might be watching, the movies that you're watching, like just cut it out. And when you would be watching a TV show, pick up the word or listen to a sermon or a, a podcast that is going to encourage you. And just like take notes for over the week of just how you're feeling mentally, how you're feeling spiritually, how are you towards people around you? Like if nothing changes, you can send me a message and let me know. But if something changes, then praise God. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That's good. I I second that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure this is going to help someone that maybe was on the fence about getting rid of these songs on their playlist. I'm actually in two days, I'm recording a sit down video about all of this. So in, in, in detail and in depth, Ooh, which, yeah, go. I just, I feel like there's, there's a need for it. Um, just with everything that's coming about in the music industry. So yeah, I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit highlights in the next couple of days while I'm planning for it. And I'm honored to have you guys on here as guests and I'll link these videos that you guys referenced. There were two, right? Okay. So you recorded this podcast episode before you filmed that video. And yet That video is less than half the length of this podcast episode, but you're covering the topic in depth on YouTube. How does that make sense? This was extremely broad, and your YouTube video, again, is less than half the length of this podcast episode. Mm -hmm. The Doja Cat and the Taylor Swift, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'll link those in the description or the show notes. I always say description box because I'm so used to YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) I will link them in the show notes for you so that these people who are listening can um, listen in on that, get more information. These people. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Brittany, it's been our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Seriously. Of course. Keep going strong. Keep up the good work. Keep having that thick skin. Yes. You too. (laughs) Thanks. Wow. Well, I hope today really gave you some insight as to just how important it is to guard your thoughts, guard your ears, protect what you're consuming, whether that's like we said on TV or in the music that you're listening to on a daily basis, whatever it is, it is crucial that we use discernment and we use wisdom and we guard ourself and our soul because ultimately that's what you're doing is you're letting these things seep into your soul. If you don't believe that music can draw you near to the spiritual realm, you are clearly mistaken. It is so evident in God's word that music draws us closer to his presence and that with the music you choose to entertain, you are choosing to either be closer to the Lord or you are entertaining demons, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Referencing again the story of Lucifer, he is a perfect example of how music can be used for a benefit or it can harm us. And we have to just be so cautious with what we are choosing to sing over our lives, with the lyrics that we are partnering with. The Bible tells us in Proverbs that the power of life and death is in the tongue. I've already mentioned that, but I'm just really driving home with that because like it's, three like it's times. crucial to remember that scripture, whether it's movies we're watching, songs we're listening to, words we're reading on social media, captions we're reading, whatever it is, you guys, YouTube videos you're watching, 
You have to choose the life and choose to speak over yourself life. Even if it's just singing lyrics of a song, it matters. Looking back on my life, I can see the correlation of times when I was entertaining songs like this with, you know, sex and money and drugs and cheating on someone or being cheated on or murder or profane lyrics or just flat out witchcraft. And then I was also struggling with sin, deep rooted sin. I was struggling with lust, which in turn led to struggling with pornography, sexual sin, sleeping around, you know, wrestling with literal demons through sleep paralysis at night, depression, anxiety, the list could go on. Overall, I hope today encouraged you to say no to these songs as hard as it is. You know, Doja Cat, The Weeknd, Demi Lovato, Cardi B, Lizzo, Jay-Z, Lil Nas, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. I mean, there's there's so many music artists that I could list off the top of my head that I used to listen to. Doja Cat, maybe not so much. I feel like she's newer on the scene. But all of these artists that I used to listen to that I felt so heavily convicted to say no to, no matter what song they come out with, no matter what song is trending, no matter how catchy it is. And I'm not going to lie. There's still some Taylor Swift songs in the past that I'm like, you know, this one feels pretty innocent. There, there, I've had someone ask me that question. Like, can I listen to the old Taylor Swift used discernment? If the Holy Spirit convicts you lean into that conviction. If not, it's probably okay. However, her newer stuff lately over the last, you know, four to five to six years. It's a little out there, you guys. Be cautious. Use discernment. Use wisdom. Ask the Lord for wisdom when stepping out in this realm. And trust that God is doing it to protect your heart. Thank you guys so much for stopping in. I hope this helped you in some capacity, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Wow. That was a lot. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on everything that was said in that podcast episode. If you are watching the video, you can leave those in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to this podcast, you can leave it in the Q&A section for this particular episode if you are listening on Spotify. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video and subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating or a review, That would be incredible. And if you've done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.